Welcome to the Cold Steel Surgical Podcast with your hosts, Amir Farouk and Chad Ball. Dr. Matheson, thank you so much for joining us today on the Cold Steel Podcast. It's really a privilege and an honor to have you back again for the second year in a row to talk about uh, the Newfoundland program, the Memorial program. And once again, thank you for all the amazingly hard work that you do as a program director uh, to try and you know train the next generation of general surgeons. So, so thank you for that. Well, thanks you, to you for this opportunity to uh, talk about our program. Uh, it's good to reach out across the country and get Thank- everyone uh, in contact. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about the Memorial Program and, and what makes uh, the Memorial Program unique? Yeah, so I mean, I think we have a very good program. It's not surprising that the program director is going to say that, but uh, I'll try and back it up with some sort of real facts. So uh, like almost everyone, we're a typical five-year program. Uh, we don't have sort of formalized uh, clinical investigators. So you're sort of for five years and that's it. Almost no one extends unless they take time off for parental leave or something like that. Um, it's packed with plenty of general surgery with a couple of, with a flavoring of subspecialties, some of which we need, some of which we are sort of little minor accessories. So uh, we got a little bit of pediatrics. There's some plastic surgery. In now the era of CBD, we've obviously added some head and neck because that became a thing we needed to do. So we threw in two months, two blocks of that in PGY4. Um, we give everyone four months of elective time. And uh, we do have an agreement with U of T. So we send people to uh, Sunnybrook for a month of trauma in PGY2. What's a little bit different about us is there's no fellows to compete with. So we like that. Um, and we've never really adopted a senior junior system on the on teams with exception of our care surgery team which is a pgy3 and a several pgy1s which means that early on you get to run your own team and uh, that gives you sort of early access to operative experience which we think is a plus um that's sort of the short synopsis amir um i can delve into some other things if you want yeah, go ahead, Alex. What, what are some of the other strengths and maybe even weaknesses of, of the program? Yeah, so we think one of the, I, I think, the good strengths currently, and it's been that way for at least six or seven years now, is the resident group. This is a cohesive bunch of people who are always helping each other out uh, and got each other's backs. And I think this is, this is mostly what makes them happy and drives the quality of the program. Some of the things we do structurally, so we, we have a very, um, I think, good and rigorous endoscopy training program. So our endoscopy uh, has three blocks in PGY3 and then an extra block in PGY4. Um, in those blocks, all you do is scope. You don't do anything except else except go to the endoscopy unit and scope. Um, it's led by... Dr. David Pace, who uh, is really a national leader in endoscopy training. He does uh, C courses for uh, upscaling of staff. He does training the trainer to train people to be teachers to upscale staff. So we have 
we're lucky to have him and he's a real driving force behind endoscopy quality and training. Um, so at the end of all that, people really can scope quite well, take uh, just about any polyp they encounter. Um, as mentioned, you sort of get early operative experience because of the way we structure things um, with sort of no senior junior. We do have a chief resident year, and this is almost more like a fellow type year for other programs. So in the final year, you're not in charge of a team. You just sort of, uh, sort of operate on the things you need to operate on, and, which is sort of most cases. In the second half of that year, you sort of just leave the smaller cases to the juniors and uh, you follow your own patients. Um, these people are sort of available much of the time, but not on call. Um, and they're not sort of in doing handover at 6.30 in the morning. So this is a great year uh, that the residents really, really like. Uh, weaknesses. Um, so I mentioned we, always the two sort of things that always stand out in our Royal College reviews are sort of research volume and trauma. So I'll address the trauma thing first. So forever, um, trauma volume in St. John's has been small. That's, I guess, pretty good as a public health <laughs> uh, statistic. Um, but it means you don't get tons of exposure to uh, trauma and especially the sort of operative management of, of sick trauma. So with that in mind, we do a couple of things. So we send people off to do a sort of uh, intense block at Sunnybrook for uh, one block in PGY2, uh, which universally is uh, liked. That's paid for, by the way, uh, because it's a mandatory rotation. We um, remunerate, we give back money, any, whatever you spend on your housing and flight, you get paid back by the university. Um, and then we sort of try and uh, utilize all the experience. So once a month, we have a trauma rounds where we review interesting cases with all the resident group at half day. And uh, in the trauma, the chief year, you do get exposure to most of the traumas when you're at the trauma center. Research uh, is the other sort of chronic Royal College weakness. We are not and never really have billed ourselves as a research intensive place. If you want to be a research intensive person and it's really important to you to do immunology in advance of doing transplant surgery, probably we're not the place for you. That said, we will teach you to be a surgeon. Uh, and at the end of five years, you'll come out operating, ready to sort of take call anywhere in the country uh, on July 3rd or 2nd of whatever this year is going to be, 2028. Uh, so I think those are the things that always stand out, the trauma volume, which we try and address, and the research, which we do. Everyone supposed to do uh, at least one research project and we sort of like people to do two. Currently CBD is going to make you do one. There's actually an EPA for that. Um, but we really like people to have two that's at least worthy of presentation at our local uh, research center. That's fantastic Dr. Matheson and, uh, and I really like this description of that final chief chief here. I think that's a that sounds like a really wonderful experience. What do your graduates typically do after graduation? We talked about this last year as well. Uh, what, what's kind of the mix of fellowship and straight into community practice? Yeah, so I think we're, uh, I did the math on that again in advance of this. I think we're still around 50-50. So um, last year, we, we usually graduate four. So we take four people a year. Um, 
we there's only two last year between one guy switching to cardiac and uh, some maternity leave. Uh, they won both in the fellowships, one to uh, surgical oncology program in the United States, the other one to thoracics. A uh, year before that, uh, there were three and they all went to the community. A year before that, there was 50-50 between four competing fellowship, uh, four finishing residents, two did fellowship, uh, one of whom we hired and the other two went to community. And I think that's sort of the, you look over a 10 year average, that's about where we are. That's really 50-50 split. And like I said, I think people are ready. Like one of our things that we try and sort of um, pride ourselves on is that, like I said, uh, two days after you finish our program, you should be able to walk out and take call just about anywhere in this country and be a competent surgeon ready to handle a mix of problems. I have no doubt that's true. Uh, Alex, for, for people maybe who haven't been out your way, w what's your city like? What's that environment like? What's that East Coast um, experience like? Uh, yeah, so the the city and sort of surrounding region is probably about 200, 250,000 people. Uh, it's got a more and more vibrant downtown region, um, which is uh, full of good quality restaurants these days, which has really sort of picked up in the last 15 years. Um, good nightlife. Uh, in the daytime and sort of weekends, um, it's a place for... Uh, it's great outdoor place as long as you can tolerate the weather. So one of the things you need to do is dress properly. But uh, once you do that, outdoors is great, whether it's a, a crisp winter day uh, that's sunny uh, or a warm summer day or even a sort of uh, cloudy day in the spring. Um, there's lots to do. Everyone talks about hiking. All the, resident, all the interviewees come and talk about how they love hiking. And we do have tons of hiking trails. But there's a fair bit more of that. There's uh, all kinds of uh, sports activities. The residents all play, uh, most of them play uh, Ultimate Frisbee uh, on weekends. So uh, there is a fair bit to do. Um, and it's a nice, vibrant city. It's not too expensive, um, at least compared to sort of really big cities. Most, a lot of people uh, in a five-year residency program will still actually buy a house, a small house, um, because it's worth it. Um, in terms of sort of rent versus mortgage cost and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely part of the world. Dr. Madison, you know, we've had the opportunity to bring you on the show last year. Anything change significantly for the program in the, in the, in the year's time? Anything different that you see the program going through the next say, year or a couple of years? Yeah, I don't see any big changes. We made so many changes when we started CBD and, and those CBD residents are going to be PGY4s starting in July. Um, we are continuing to tweak our CBD evaluation system, as I suspect everyone is. So we have a um, uh, our software for monitoring uh, compensation on EPAs is a thing called MUNCAT. It was a local creation actually by an anesthesiologist who got a sort of research grant or some business money to develop this, um, which has sort of pros and cons. But one of the good things about it is it's basically got all the, the IT guys are all in-house. Like I can email them whenever I want and say, this is a problem. Can we fix it? Um, and when they first came out with this and sort of made all the programs switch from the e-portfolio with the Royal College to this, we sort of groaned a bit. But 
it's really developed nicely now. So this will continue to get tweaked. Uh, that's, I think, the one thing that's uh, an ongoing change. And there's still uh, a sort of push, and I, I'm not sure how this is the rest of the country. I think it's still a challenge to get everyone to sort of fill out EPAs and shift the thinking to let's do like little evaluations or a little bit of feedback every day, uh, which is really different for the faculty from sort of eiders where you come to the end of a couple of blocks and say, um, you know, we're, this is fine, we're all good, this is what I think of you, and, and do those things and get the volume of these little evaluations done. So that's a bit of a challenge, but um, I think it's evolving in the right direction. And, and that's the one thing that sort of keeps changing, but it's getting better. It's a real culture shift that uh, CompSea by Design business. Yeah, it sure is. Just it's changed a lot, a lot of domains within the educational context for sure. Uh, Alex, thank you again for spending time with us today. Um, we really appreciate. It. We know how busy you are, and we know how great your program is. In, in closing, do you have any general comments or advice for uh, these great medical school applicants that are applying to general surgery, both to your program as well as across the country? Yeah. So I think. Uh... This is a well-regulated Canadian program. Wherever medical students match and end up, if you work hard uh, and apply, if you're going to come out at the end of the five years uh, as a good, competent surgeon and serve the population of this country well. Uh, and then, so the next question is, where do you want to be for five years? Where do you fit? Where is your sort of natural place where you're going to learn and enjoy that time? Because it is, it is a, it's a hall. Five years of surgical residency, you, you and I and uh, Amar have all done it, and it's it's enjoyable at one level, but it's hard at the other level. So you want to be surrounded by people who are sort of like you, who you get along with, who will help you out, and I think that's what we have with our current residents. So find a program that fits sort of to your personality and, and pick that first, and then hope that Carm sends you there. You've been listening to Cold Steel, the official podcast of the Canadian Journal of Surgery. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and feedback. So send us an email at podcast.cjs at gmail.com or tweet at us at CanJSurge. Thanks again.